Hello and welcome to the City Club of Cleveland, where we are devoted to conversations of consequence that help democracy thrive. I'm William Tarter Jr., City Club Debate Committee co-chair alongside my fellow co-chair, Bill Lavezzi. It's Wednesday, July 28th, and we are here for a very special virtual City Club forum featuring the Ohio 11th District Republican Primary Forum. The 11th Congressional District is one of two majority-minority Ohio districts protected under the Voting Rights Act of 1965. It is a seat that carries the legacy of Louis Stokes, Stephanie Tubbs-Jones, and Marsha Fudge, who left the seat when she was confirmed as the 18th Secretary of the United States Department of Housing and Urban Development earlier this year. This afternoon, we will hear from Laverne Gore, the Republican candidate in this race. For all of the District 11 debates and forums, the City Club Debate Committee, led by myself, Bill Lavezzi, and Jennifer Lumpkin, have established criteria for participation. Number one, the candidate had to be on the ballot. Number two, they had to have properly met all appropriate filing requirements of the Federal Elections Commission. Three, they had to have at least three publicly available policy position statements on a campaign website, social media, platform, blog, or other digital platform. And finally, they had to agree to the debate rules set forth by the City Club and the Debate Committee. Of the 14 candidates who appear on the ballot, eight Democrats and one Republican met those criteria. On June 22nd, we hosted our eight Democratic candidates in a virtual debate, and you can view that debate online at cityclub.org. This afternoon, we will hear from the Republican candidate, Laverne Gore. Before I introduce the candidate, I want to go over a few guidelines. Since we have just one Republican candidate that met our criteria among the two, and in an effort to keep speaking time as equal among the District 11 candidates as possible, our debate committee opted for a special half-hour virtual City Club forum with the Republican candidate. The candidate will be given 90 seconds for both an opening and closing statement. Keeping with City Club tradition, questions directly from the audience were submitted to the City Club's debate committee prior to this afternoon's event. Questions that were deemed fair, relevant, and related to important community concerns were included. Now, let me introduce Laverne Gore, Republican candidate for District 11. Welcome to the City Club, Ms. Gore. You can begin with a quick 90-second opening statement. Well, thank you for having me, and I think that's it's such an honor to be here. Uh, in 90 seconds, I'm going to try to attempt to tell you about my life and my experience and my desire to be the next Congresswoman from the 11th District. Uh, I enjoyed your opening and I'm not wasting time because I've got three minutes to do other things and that you mentioned all of the Democrats. But I wanted to say to you that I re really, really do respect the legacy that has been left by my forebearers in Congress. The one thing that I am not as comfortable with, I am Laverne Jones Gore. Yes, I have voted Republican. But the one thing that I am and I am a concerned citizen of District 11, I'm a lifetime resident of District 11. When you look back and you see things in your lifetime of prosperity and you see a city that has gone into the decline, we were the 21st district caucus and then we went to the 11th district caucus. I have my 
bachelor's degree in organizational economics. I have my master's degree in education. And I also have my master's degree in public health. And the interesting part about all of that is it's as if the timing is right for new leadership. This can no longer be a popularity contest that we are in. And that's what we're finding ourselves being placed right in the middle of. Our population currently has an illiteracy rate. Our population currently in the within the 11th district has the number one most impoverished situation of people populations in America. We need change, we need new leadership. And I'm excited to be here. And even though I'm a Republican, I think God knows that it doesn't matter anymore. Thank you. Bill, you'll have our first question. Thank you, Will and Ms. Gore, it's nice to talk with you again. Hi, how are you? Good, thank you. Republicans in the Ohio State House have made voting reform a top priority this legislative year. In fact, voting reform bills have been introduced and passed all over the country. Do you believe that elections are currently secure? And if elected, what policies would you support to increase confidence in election outcomes? You know, Bill, and I hope I can be just as candid with you as I am with the audiences that I talk to across the 11th district. When you're talking about are the vote, is the voter, the vote secure? Well, if half of the people in the country don't believe it is, you know, perception is everything. If some people believe that it's not secure and we're in a country as great as America, then we've got a problem. Now, when I go to represent the people of the 11th district, if half of them believe that there's a problem, then that's called, mm, there's a problem. But if we're talking about voter integrity, I think that's what you're talking about, where the people and the integrity of the election of the United States of America, where we have elected leadership to represent us is being questioned. Of course, there's a problem. And of course, we all should have been focused on making sure that that problem doesn't continue to exist. And it should never have existed. I believe as an elected Congresswoman, you see this whole thing about voter ID, I don't have a problem with it because the last time I went anywhere, anywhere, I had to have identification. So I'm convinced that we can, one vote, You, if you have the ID, vote. We have to have election integrity or we're going to have the division that we have currently in the United States of America. Never before have I seen anything like this. Never. We have to come up with solutions as Congresswoman. And I think the African-American community that I've been a part of, I grew up on 92nd and Huff. I grew up on 93rd and Woodland. And I have always been in the 11th district. And if you haven't noticed, I'm black. And I don't have a problem with any type of an identification going forward as far as if it's going to help the country heal, if it's going to help the country come together, if it's going to help my America come back together. 
I don't have a problem with identification. And those are the kinds of things that I'm going to press for because I don't think that even in the black community, as many have tried to push, we have a problem with voter identification. As you can tell, many polls have shown, nobody has a problem with it. We have a group of people who wanna keep our country divided and they wanna keep it divided on racial lines that have a problem. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Gore. You're very welcome. I will have your next question. Okay. If elected, you will be entering a Congress that will be investigating the events of January 6th. Mm -hmm. Can you share with us your thoughts about the events of January 6th and your thoughts on the special committee that has been named to investigate? You know, and you would be surprised at how many people have asked me that question about January 6th, right? I think January 6th, much like I thought many of the riots that happened before that in the cities were unfair because much of the 11th district was harmed by those riots that took place in the summer or civil unrest. I think that what we have on the commission on January 6th, I think that we have a Congress that is trying to come together and make a bipartisan action so that we can review that. But if there are things that were done improper, and if there are things that need to be reviewed, I say, let's go for it. And I agree that it should be done in a nonpartisan or bipartisan relationship, because I think one of the things that we have done with 1-6, when we talk about all of the, the, the things we need to investigate, we need to do this, we have to keep in mind that this is America and we're trying to bring it together. So if it's fair, if it's honest, if it's honorable in the selection that we use to pick the committee and the, dy the, the dynamics of the investigation are fair and honorable and they don't harm Americans. We're not investigating a group of people or a group of issues that took place anywhere else but in the United States of America. So we must remember as Americans, everything must be transparent, it must be honorable, and it must be within the guidelines of fairness. I don't have a problem with anything that happened as we look forward to investigation, because I think that as Americans, we have a solidarity that many people in the world don't have. We are a very young country and we're going to make mistakes and we are making mistakes. I think we want to, you know, when I look at China, I look at Russia, I look at Germany, those are older, even France, Italy, those are older countries. We're baby and we're going to make mistakes. We're going to make mistakes. And so when we make mistakes as a young country, and we are, we should learn from them and we should hold the integrity of the process dear to us as Americans. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Gore. You. Bill, you have the next question. Thank you. Um, Ms. Gore, the Senate is currently considering Senate Bill 53, and it's a Senate bill, so ultimately it would come to the House. Are you trying to give me a promotion? Well, <laughs> okay. <laughs> if, would that it, you know, if I had that kind of power, uh, Senate's currently considering Senate Bill 53, which would raise the federal minimum wage to $15. 
in annual increments over several years. Some argue that increasing the minimum wage will reduce poverty, and others argue that it will reduce hiring. So do you support increasing the federal minimum wage? And if so, do you have an idea about to what level and how? You want to get me in trouble, and that's okay, because I'm ready trouble. for trouble right now. You see, people should be allowed to live. They should be allowed to pay their rent. They should be allowed to pay their light, gas, and telephone. They should be allowed to have families. And currently, I, you know, people are, I argue this all the time. I think the minimum wage should be increased. I think it should be because how can you expect anyone to respect the, the, the Constitution, the right to be an American when they can't feed their families? One of the problems we have currently right now, why people don't want to work, because they're getting more money from the government than if they did if they went to work. I don't, I never thought that was fair. You know, when I was working as a playground instructor at the city of Cleveland, right? And I think we were making $6 and six, $7 or six, something like six or $7 an hour. And I had to go back to college. And I was thinking, God, don't they know how much it costs to buy things? You have to give people a chance in life and you have to give them the opportunity to care for their families. And yes, I think it needs to be increased. And many people are telling me, well, that's why McDonald's has touchscreens now, right? Well, McDonald's and uh, Burger King and Taco Bell, they have touchscreens now because that's called the transition from industrial to technology. That's why they have them. They don't have them because we're paying Joe Anderson a buck more an hour. We have to afford Americans. This is a great country. And this is a country made of billionaires going to the space rockets, right? They're going up in the air just to take a look. And you're telling me we can't pay people a little bit more? Come on. I think that we can afford it. I think we need to do that. And I think it's fair. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Gore. The 11th Congressional District is home to several large healthcare institutions. What is your view on the current state of healthcare in America? And what would you do if elected to strengthen healthcare in America? Wow. I think Cleveland Clinic, Metro, UH Hospital. It, isn't it wonderful that we get to live here? You know, isn't it just absolutely wonderful that we are in the middle of one of the world's greatest healthcare institutions all around us. Now, what is what is my thought? I think that that healthcare should be extended. But, you know, the last time I was uh, around, they, they do have healthcare for everybody. I haven't seen anybody turned away from Metro. I haven't seen anybody turned away from university hospitals that was in need. Um, as a public health person, I believe that we have to get healthcare to a point where everybody believes that it's available and it's regular. It's not something you go do when you run to the emergency room. 
It's called, how do we eat better to live? I'd like to see those kind of programs. How do we Im implement exercise into our, our world and our sphere? You know, I'm one of those people, they said I, I had um, my A1Cs and I'm telling you, this is HIPAA stuff. So you don't tell anybody else, even though we're live, right? They said, you know, you, you, you diet and exercise. So I started researching, right? So, and I don't know if I can say this, but I got off my butt and I started cooking versus eating out and that disappeared. We have to teach people how to be healthy. We have to train them. And I think as part of the healthcare initiatives for our country, I think we have to educate people on how to be their best selves. We can't just go around complaining. One of the people that is running for office is saying, well, this happened and this happened and this happened. But we have to teach people how not to have that happen. It's called education. And healthcare is just as important how you take care of this temple. This is a temple and you have to take care of it. And we need to start teaching people how to take care of it. And I think being part of one of the greatest healthcare arenas, I think that's very possible. And I think that's one of the ways that we can affect how we utilize to the best possible financial gain is that we keep people healthy. And I'm one of those people. You know, I'm African-American. I'm of an age that it happens where, you know, your situation gets different. But I know that diet and exercise, good food, and clean air, those are the kinds of things. So I'm into the environment as well. But we have to train people. We have to train people to take care of themselves. And I think the hospital can have educational courses or educational outreach that will afford us those possibilities. And we can have a healthier Cleveland. And when you have a healthier Cleveland, people go to work, people are excited, There's the crime goes down. I think healthcare is very, very instrumental in maintaining a civilized, organized, and happy and productive society. So I'm all about training, development, and teaching. Thank, Thank you, you Ms. Gore. Bill, you have the next question. Thank you. Uh, Ms. Gore, the candidate who's elected to Congress in this election will serve about a year before the 2022 election. By then, Ohio's congressional districts will be withdrawn, or will be redrawn, sorry, sure. using a new system that voters added to the Ohio Constitution in 2018. You mentioned that you're a lifelong resident of Congressional District 11. As a candidate and as a resident of Congressional District 11, what what do you see as the best outcome in that redistricting process? Or what do you, do you have an idea what this Congressional District should look like? Okay, I first of all, I wanna tell you, I'm so excited about the redistricting, okay? Because the redistricting says, you know, they base it on the census, right? Now, when, the minority majority districts were started and formulated. African-Americans didn't have the opportunity to move or they, it was, it, you can look at the tracking. They didn't have the opportunity to move into different situations. Like, you know, your, your, your Shaker, your Beechwood, your twins, but you know, we've, we're, we're everywhere. So the census says to me, and many people look at me and they're like, I said, this is so excited. I am so excited because African-Americans, black people can live where they want to live now. They can live where they want to live. 
So as black people, we moved. And the census said, wait a minute, they don't live here. We had to go all the way to Akron to continue the minority majority district, right? We had to go find African-Americans. We are integrating into America. So that's one thing the census said to me, and I was excited. Now, am I comfortable with not understanding? And I don't, I don't totally, because I don't know how it's going to be redistricted, right? Will we maintain an African-American presence in the 11th district if in fact we have Republicans who are drawing the district at the state house? And I think that's what you're referring to that we they control the Republican, I'm one of them, I guess, yeah. And I'm suggesting to you that I am black, I am a Republican, and my opponent, whoever she may be or he may be, is going to be black and Democrat. We can't lose on this one. The only thing that it says is if it turns out that it's more Republican drawn, I'm there and I'm ready and I'm capable. Because when I win, I'm going to represent the people unlike what I've seen done so far in the 11th district in the last 10 years that got us into this mess. I am going to listen to the people. I am going to see the needs and the necessity of the people. And I'm not going to come back every two years and say, we should have done this and we're still poor and we still don't have health care and we still don't have our children educated and we still have crime in our communities and we still are at the bottom of the totem pole. And that's okay because we elected an African-American and they were Democrat. Thank you. Ms. Gore, I have the next question. Yes, sir. The Trump administration placed tariffs on foreign countries as a way to try and increase revenue into the United States. Mm -hmm. However, tariffs were sharply criticized by several prominent free market conservative economists. If elected, would you support the Trump approach of America first by favoring tariffs, or would you prefer the more traditional free market conservative fiscal positions? That's one of those setup questions, but I like it. <laughs> First of all, Trump is no longer the president, okay? So now we have free market tariffs and things that are going on under Biden. He's the president. And some people forget that. When I'm out on the, the campaign trail, they, they say, Trump, 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 Trump. And I'm like, you know, Trump's not the president anymore. Biden is. So I am the con congresswoman, as congresswoman, the president will be Joe Biden. So I won't be looking backwards and saying what Trump did. I'm not going to be looking backwards because that's what got us into this mess we're in now in the 11th district. And let me tell you something. If I could tell you that poverty was going to be erased in the 11th district because of free market tariffs, I'd give you a great answer on this. But in my district, the 11th district, right? We're talking about health care. We're talking about how we're going to get some of this poverty resolved. We're talking about how I'm going to go outside and not be afraid of what's happening outside. We're talking about how we're going to redistrict this place so that everybody gets involved. So when we're talking about the 11th district, if we're not talking about what Biden's doing, Trump's in the past. He doesn't exist anymore. He is in the past. 
Let's talk about how I'm going to be the Congresswoman of the 11th district and how we're gonna make this all work out. Being the poorest district in America, can you actually think I'm concerned about free market economists when I can't, my people can't go outside. They're standing in line for food. They're standing in line for food in the 11th district. This isn't a personality conscious about me and this certainly isn't about Trump. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Gore. We did receive an audience question that I'd like to ask. Sure. Many residents of your district face edgy, sorry, let me start over. <laughs> Many residents of your district face economic, educational, environmental, and health challenges. What are your top two areas that you would like to improve for your constituents? And as a freshman representative in a polarized environment, how do you realistically plan on achieving them? Well, let me tell you something, and that's a great question. See, some of those questions I don't like, but I like this one. Here, we have a situation where I will be a black female Republican, right? Do you not think everybody's going to want to know what I say? And do you not think they're not going to want to see exactly what I'm doing? In fact, one of the greatest things I believe is healthcare. Healthcare, as I told you in the previous question that the gentleman asked, is most important to me, but it's the quality of life healthcare. The quality of life healthcare. I want to teach, I want to train, I want to show people how to live longer and live better. Okay? Now, if you're talking about education, I have no idea why we don't think it's a tragedy, a tragedy that in the 11th district, we have such high illiteracy ratios. And you wanna ask me that question? 10 years we've had this, 10 years. And when you're talking about being effective, has the Democrat been effective? I don't understand how people can say to me, because you're a Republican, you can't be effective. I'm probably gonna be more effective because certainly, certainly in the last 10 years, nothing's been done. And certainly, everybody that I've heard on the Democratic side is talking about personality. They're not talking about the people. They're not talking about what they're going to do to help illiteracy. They're not talking about what they're going to do to help health care. They're not talking about anything except whose boyfriend got a contract and whose girl, who's, who, who is not being uh, eaten a bowl of uh, crap out of a cereal bowl. That's not what the people need, but that's what's being fed to them. So I actually will be someone that they can count on to take the message to Congress and bring back, I love bacon, so anybody that's mad about that will get over it. Bring the bacon back to the 11th district. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Gore. You're welcome. I think we do have time for one more quick question. <laughs> and you had actually mentioned the literacy rate so I'd like for you to very quickly, can you state a specific program or policy that you would put into place to help address that? You know what we do? You know, I'm a parent, you know, and I had to teach, you know, my kids how to read, right? Okay, I, I did that. And I, I did it in conjunction with a school system, okay? We have to make everyone aware 
of the reality of illiteracy. That means no jobs. That means no, you don't understand crime because if you don't understand, you can't read, you can't understand the law. If they want to talk about how we have a higher incarceration ratio, has anybody ever grabbed that and took it and put it with the illiteracy? Because you're not working, you're sitting at home, you're not doing anything. You know what? I believe that we used to need, we need to take the trades unions and we need to make everybody responsible for our American children and their education. And if they're not responsible for their education, then we need to hold them accountable. And one of the things I want to know, did anybody say 10 years ago, five years ago, three years ago, when all of this was happening to our children, because now our children are 30 years old, 35, and they can't read and write any more than they did when it happened. But we did nothing. I plan on doing everything because I understand the causality of what happens when you have an illiterate population. Obviously, past congressional leadership didn't understand and the current, the ones that are running to seek the position have no interest because like I said, they're talking about eating out of bowls, you know? Thank you. You're Thank you, Ms. Gore. We do have to transition to our closing statement. Okay. You have one minute and then we'll provide some closing remarks. To you, Ms. Gore. You know, I want to speak to the people of the 11th district. And I also want to speak to people who have checkbooks because I need those people too. One of the things I think we have to understand in America and in the 11th district, we've been neglected. If you don't know why you can't go outside your house because of the crime in the 11th district, if you don't know why your children can't read, if you don't know why you have a problem, all you have to do is turn on the TV and look at the past representation that you have elected. Now, how you elected them, if you got tricked into it, if you got convinced of it. But right now, you need new leadership. If we're going to turn this around, if we're going to be productive, if we're going to say that African-Americans, whites, blacks, Americans can live together, we need people who are reflective of ideas. Ten seconds. We don't have that. I am Laverne Gore, and I'm running for the 11th District Congress, and I'd like your vote. Thank you. Thank you, City Club. Thank you very much for joining us, Ms. Gore. And thank You're welcome. you to our audience, all of you, for joining us for this very special District 11 Republican Primary Forum. We have been joined by Republican candidate Laverne Gore. Thank you again to the City Club Debate Committee for coordinating this important event. All City Club virtual forums are presented for free every week thanks to generous support from Bank of America, the Northeast Ohio Regional Sewer District, and PNC. On October, I'm sorry, on August 10th and August 17th, the City Club of Cleveland, in partnership with IdeaStream Public Media, will be hosting the Cleveland Mayoral Debates. All seven candidates seeking office have been invited to participate. These debates will exclusively feature questions coming directly from voters like you asking about issues and topics that are most important to you and your communities. Please visit cityclub.org to find out how you can submit your question to the Cleveland mayoral candidates. 
Today's form is just one example of the programming we produce year-round. This is thanks to City Club members, sponsors, and donors who support conversations of consequence that help democracy thrive. You can join them by making a contribution online, becoming a member, or texting the word DONATE to 216-616-CLUB. That's 216-616-2582. And follow a few easy steps to make your donation. And that brings us to the end of today's forum. Thank you to Laverne Gore. I'm William Tarter Jr., City Club Debate Committee Co-Chair, alongside my fellow co-chair, Bill Levesi. Our forum is now adjourned.